So you're not so worried about getting outdrawn in this spot because usually your opponent, when they are behind, they have relatively few outs. And when they're ahead, well, you're drawing thin to dead, right? And in that scenario where you're usually way ahead or way behind, often you do not want to do much raising, especially if you raise, Len's not going to call you with all sorts of hands that you beat. Hello everyone, I'm Jonathan Little for PokerCoaching.com, here today with another episode of Weekly Poker Hand. Here we have a fun one from High Stakes Poker. The newest season has been amazing to watch. Make sure you check that out at Poker Go. Here we have a hand where Rick Solomon, loose aggressive splashy player, raises from the low jack seat. Nick Petrangelo opts to 3-bet from the button. Kind of an interesting 3-bet size here. We are playing $400-$800 blinds. That's big blinds. And um, when Rick raises, I would have presumed that Nick would have 3-bet to more like 9,000 or 10,000 because we're deep stacked. But maybe he doesn't care if Rick calls. If he knows Rick is raising too wide and is going to call 3-bets too wide, he'd rather just get more money in the pot out of position and give your opponent a chance to make errors post-flop. So... Pretty cool, small three betting strategy here. But then, Lin G decides to put in the four bet. One, two, three, four. For those who are new to poker. The big blind is the first bet. The raise is the second bet. The re-raise is the third bet. This is the fourth bet. This term comes from an old antiquated game called Limit Hold'em. Hopefully none of you ever have to play that. Okay, in this scenario, Lin makes it $30,000, so $3,730. I like this format size. This is great. I don't know what hand she has, but I like this play very much. And it gets back around to Nick. And this is a tough spot. So I don't know anything about Lynn's strategy, really. I know that from watching her play, she gets in there, she battles a little bit. I know she um, at least calls herself a recreational poker player. She's a startup investor who lives in LA. So who knows what's going on? Uh, this is a situation where I think Nick really can go either way. And just so you know who Nick is, Nick is a very, very world-class tournament player. I don't know if he plays much cash games, but it doesn't really matter. I assume he's very, very good. He has about $17 million in live tournament earnings, two World Series bra poker bracelets. Funny enough, right before he went on his uh, super tear, where he went from having, you know, three or $4 million in winnings up to 17, we were playing at PCA, and it was a $5,000 tournament the day before the main event. It was uh, pretty late. It was like midnight or 1 a.m. We were both ready to go to bed. We ended up getting heads up. We chopped it up. And um, then he won every tournament after that. We actually flipped to see who would win the trophy. And if uh, you look back here, there are no PCA trophies for me. So uh, he won the flip to win the title. So that's a lot of fun. Uh, Nick elects to call here. And I think calling here is only good with this big offsuit hand if you know Lynn is for betting a lot. And if you think she's perhaps going to have some sort of weakness after the flop, either maniacally aggressive, such that you can just make top pair and put all your money in, or perhaps very weak and passive, such that you can pick up a lot of pots that don't belong to you. But generally, you don't want to be calling the four bets, even in position, with junky big cards. All right, flop comes, ace, queen, four, and Len makes a $20,000 continuation bet. How do you feel about this bet? Well, if you want to test your skills, to make sure you're continuation betting well, check out my quiz, pokercoaching.com slash cbetquiz. With Nick's ace high, he only has one option here. He just has to call with his ace high. With his top pair of aces, uh, he has a very, very easy call. This is a spot where you're not really trying to fold. I suppose if Len wants to like blast turn and jam river, it starts to get pretty nasty with the top pair no kicker. But 
this is a, uh, an easy spot to call. And you may say, why not raise? Aren't you afraid of getting outdrawn? And the answer is not really. Notice if two diamonds comes, Nyx has the um, the flush, the ten, high, the 10 of diamonds flushed, which would be fine. Um, really, the only bad cards for Nick are perhaps a king or a jack. Um, maybe a 10 beats him every once in a while when Len has king-jack, which, you know, she could have. So you're not so worried about getting outdrawn in this spot because usually your opponent, when they are behind, they have relatively few outs. And when they're ahead, well, you're drawing thin to dead, right? And in that scenario where you're usually way ahead or way behind, often you do not want to do much raising, especially if you raise, Len's not going to call you with all sorts of hands that you beat, which... You know, she could have some ace-x here, but really, if, if Nick raises and gets a bunch of money in, he's probably going to be in pretty bad shape here. So in this spot, calling is by far the best play. He does up to call, turns the queen of hearts, Len now checks, and kind of like the flop, if Nick bets this turn, yeah, he's going to make some hands that have some outs fold, like say Len has king-10. She's probably just going to fold, and then you don't get outdrawn by the jack every once in a while, but... Whenever you are beat, and you will be beat here sometimes by ace-king or ace-jack or slow-played queens, when you are beat in a scenario, you just end up playing a big pot unnecessarily. So I think I like checking in the spot. If you knew Lynn was very straightforward on the turn and she was perhaps capped at something like ace-jack or ace-nine, then you'd want to bet because then you could put in a value bet, not get raised all that often, and uh, your life would be easy. You just extract thirty, forty, fifty thousand dollars $50,000, which is, you know, very, very good money. But in the spot, I, I definitely like checking. Um, I could be convinced this could be a value bet in position, especially if Len's going to be betting like all of her queens on the turn. So I think it can go either way. All right, River is the three. And now Len decides to make an $80,000 bet. Three-fourths pot or so. What does Nick do? Hmm, what do, you, what do you do in this scenario? Do you find the call or do you fold? Or do you put in a raise? You go all in. Think about it and write what you would do in the comment section below. And while you're at it, click the like, subscribe, and notification bell. I'll be back in just a second to check on your answer. All right, did you do it? Did you click the notification bell? I know only 8.23% of you did that, so please click the notification bell. Ding, 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 I would appreciate it. All right, in this scenario, I think Nick has a very, very easy call. In this scenario, he actually went into the tank, pulled out the cannon, and fired the chips into the pot and made the call. And I do think this is a spot where you should call because yeah, you don't beat any value hands. Yeah, she could be value betting ace-king or ace-jack. She could also be value betting slightly worse. But in this scenario, usually she's going to have either a very good hand or nothing. And when you have the ace in your hand, you block ace-king and ace-jack, which kind of makes it more likely she has nothing. And you may say, does she have nothing in her preflop range? Was she actually four bet with nothing? Well, you want to ask, what is nothing? She could easily have a hand like jack-10 suited, king-10 suited, king-jack suited. All those hands would at least consider putting in a four bet. She could have random suited connectors, right? She could um, have random small pocket pairs or medium pocket pairs opt to bluff the river to try to get Nick off of a hand like pocket jacks, right? So I think this is a spot where you have a very, very easy call. Nick does make the call. He scoop-a-loops this $268,000 pot when Len shows up with the king nine of hearts. 
How do you feel about Lin's play? What could she have done differently? I like the format preflop. King Nine of Hearts is a very good hand to put in the format with. It's definitely a hand that, yeah, it's it's splashy. It's splashy. Let's get real. It's a splashy hand. But if you wanted to format, sure. I think in this scenario, you may just want to do some check folding on this flop. And I think this King Nine may be one of the hands you want to do it with because it really just has stone, no equity. Like I'd be way happier betting if I had King Jack, King Ten, or Jack Ten because those at least have some outs to the straight. This is a spot you can certainly bet pretty frequently. But if you think about Nick's range to three bet preflop and call the four bet, um, it's a spot where Nick's going to have a whole lot of good big cards, which kind of connects well with this board. So I think you may just want to give up with this immediately. Anyway, she bets, he calls, turn queen, miserably bad turn, because now Nick's probably not going to fold an ace and he's not going to fold a queen. So I like the check check. Should Lynn bluff the river? It sure feels dirty, doesn't it? Because in this spot, if Nick is good, which Nick is good, he's going to have some slow-played queens in his range, and he's going to have a lot of aces in his range. So really, you're only getting them off of pairs on the river if you bet. The problem is, is you block pocket kings, you block pocket nines, which, you know, Nick could have. I, I don't think Lynn needs to go for a big bet here. And the reason I think she should go for a smaller bet instead of three-fourths pot on this particular river is because if Nick has an ace, he's just not folding. And if he does fold, he's weak and tight. And I know Nick is not weak and tight. He gets in there and battles hard. So we're not trying to get him to fold an ace. So do we need to bet 80k to get him off of kings or jacks or tens or eights? Which I do think Nick very easily could have. And I think the answer is no. In this scenario, I think Len should probably have just gone for a small bet of like 35k. I do think that will get Nick off of under pairs most of the time. And this is a bet that I would like Len to make with some queens and aces. And that there's not a whole lot Nick can do about that. Um, obviously, he's still going to call with ace 10 and, um, you know, a queen. Or may, he may even raise. But then you lose less. So in this scenario on the river, you always want to ask, what am I trying to get to fold? And if it's pretty junky hands, usually you don't need to bet all that big. But if you're trying to get them to fold big hands, you do need to go big. Now, could Len jam for 1.5x pot on the river and potentially get an ace to fold? That's the question you really want to ask yourself, because if Nick's range is very clearly an ace, a queen, or under pairs, maybe king high, right? Ace, queen, or under pairs for the most part, though. And a small bet only gets the under pairs to fold, but an all-in would get the aces to fold, too. Then the all-in becomes very, very nice, because now you're getting a large chunk of Nick's range to fold if he's only going to call off with a queen. That said, I do think Nick would probably still find the crying call here. If he did, uh, if, if he did face the all-in with a hand as good as ace ten, but if he had a weaker ace, um, maybe, maybe he starts to find a fold with it. So cool spot. I, I think in this scenario, though, Lynn either needs to bet smaller or bigger, depending on how she thinks Nick is going to react. That's me it for this episode of Weekly Poker. I hope you enjoyed it. If you did, do me a favor, click the like and subscribe button. Also, check out my training site, PokerCoaching.com. We have a ton of hand history reviews there, kind of like this, where we go through and analyze the hands that. I play, hands my other coaches play, and uh, we discuss which plays are good, which plays are bad, and why. We usually have a little bit more time to go in depth into the hands there with the GTO solvers and whatnot, and that ensures you are playing well. We have a lot of great coaches. Um, Tristan Wade, world-class player and coach. He's been making a bunch of hand history reviews for our students, so make sure you check those out at pokercoaching.com free. Good luck in your games. Have a great, great week. Thank you so much for being here. And I'll talk to you next time.